Blog Talk Radio. listening to PGN, Prophetic Grace Network. This is Nicole, your Book of Revelation research scientist, and we are talking about the Book of Revelation, focusing on the seven plagues prophecy in the Book of Revelation. The seven plagues prophecy is in chapter 15 and 16 of the Book of Revelation. Interestingly, chapter 15 is part one, chapter 16 is part two, and every revelation, in other words, every vision, every moving picture with sound that John the Revelator was shown when he was called up to heaven was presented as curated documentaries of the future appearing in two Parts. This is an important secret for unlocking the book of Revelation. The movie trailer is followed by the documentary in its entirety. Let me say that another way. The movie is followed the movie trailer is followed by the movie in full. In writing, we say it this way there's an abstract which is a summary of a longer report that's followed by a full report. So what do we have? We have chapter 15 of the book of Revelation giving us a summary, and there's another unusual feature, or there is an unusual feature about Revelation 15. It's kind of a follow-up of Revelation chapter 4 in the sense that we get more information about what John sees when he's called up to heaven. So Revelation chapter 4, part 4 of the book of Revelation, is John's report on heaven. So literally, he gives a report in words of what he sees. So before he tells us any of the visions that God directed the angel to show him, before he tells us any of the visions, he tells us what specifically he sees, kind of like a reporter's report or journalist report, a police report. Here's exactly what happened when I was on the scene. So John was on the scene. He was in heaven, and he tells us precisely and exactly what he sees when he's called up to heaven. And that shows in uh, Revelation chapter 4, and then we have the moving pictures in words, the movies, the documentaries, if you will, the visions John the Revelator was shown beginning with chapter 5. So he's shown 12 visions in a row. Now we get to number 7, the Seven Plagues documentary, the Seven Plagues prophecy, 
the Seven Plagues vision, the Seven Plagues movie. So I'm saying the same thing using different language, but communicating the same reality. And here is the first part. Chapter 15, John the Revelator says, Then I saw in heaven another marvelous event of great significance. Seven angels were holding the seven last plagues, which would bring God's wrath to completion. I saw before me what seemed to be a glass sea mixed with fire, and on it stood all the people who had been victorious over the beast and his statue and the number representing his name. They were all holding harps that God had given them, and they were singing the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb. So at the beginning of chapter 15, verses 1, 2, and 3, John is telling us that he sees a significant event in heaven. There are seven angels holding the seven final plagues, the seven last plagues, and with these plagues being poured out, God's wrath will come to completion. Now, note that the great tribulation is the wrath of Satan. The seven last plagues are the wrath of God. Let me say that again. The great tribulation is the wrath of Satan. The seven final plagues are the wrath of God. So the great tribulation, which is the wrath of Satan, is a great tribulation or will be a great tribulation for who? Those who are team Jesus. Similarly, the seven final plagues will be a time of great tribulation after the wrath of Satan, but it is for those who are team Satan, not those who are team Jesus. Also, here at the beginning of chapter 15, we're told that John the Revelator sees Individuals in heaven who were here during the wrath of Satan, during the great tribulation, and who had been victorious over the beast and his statue and the number representing his name. So let's say that another way. He sees those who had been victorious over the Antichrist and the commissioned statue of the antichrist that was commissioned by the false prophet and the number the number 666 representing his name so what's that mean and his number the mark of the beast so they were victorious over the antichrist and his agenda they were victorious over the statue which people will be instructed to worship the statue of the antichrist and they were victorious over the number representing his name, 666, the mark of the beast. So what does that mean? These are individuals who refused the mark of the beast. These are individuals that did not bow down to the statue of the Antichrist. We say, research scientists, how can you be sure? This same group of individuals is noted over and over again in the book of Revelation. Let's see in the Millennial Reign Prophecy another reference to them. It says in Revelation 20, verse 4, about the same group of believers. I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded 
for the testimony about Jesus and for proclaiming the word of God, they had not worshipped the beast or his statue, nor accepted his mark on their foreheads or their hands. They all came to life again, and they reigned with Christ for a thousand years. So let's go back to Revelation 15. This group of people described in Revelation chapter 15, verse 2, we hear how they were victorious over the beast and his statue and the number representing his name. Now, maybe you already knew this, but just in case, let's make sure we have this important secret. Revelation 15, verse 2, and Revelation 20, verse 4. So we're in the seven plagues prophecy in Revelation 15, and in the millennial reign prophecy in Revelation 20, verse 4. These two scriptures reveal that believers, the church, will be here during the great tribulation, during the wrath of Satan. That's not my opinion. That's reading the Bible and believing that the Bible is the infallible word of God. So when I go to read the Bible, when I see information, I receive it and I allow it to shape my thinking and my thoughts and my behaviors. I don't go to the Bible to change it. I go to the Bible so that it will change me, so that I will know the mind of God, the will of God, the thoughts of God, the plans of God. Okay, so let's keep going. The song that these individuals, those Christians during the Great Tribulation who are victorious over the beast, and that's explained what it means to be victorious, again, in Revelation 20, verse 4. And the specific lyrics to the song that they sing are noted at the end of verse 3 and 4. Then in verse 5, it says, of chapter 15, Then I looked and saw that the temple in heaven, God's tabernacle, was thrown wide open. The seven angels who were holding the seven plagues, came out of the temple. They were clothed in spotless white linen with gold sashes across their chests. Then one of the four living beings handed each of the seven angels a gold bowl filled with the wrath of God who lives forever and ever. Let's pause there. So we've begun, we began today with reading chapter 15. Now we have a reference to something we haven't heard here. One of the four living beings. This is a reference to the four living beings described in Revelation 4. So remember, when John is called up to heaven, he gives us a report. He gives us a report as if he, uh, as if he was a journalist or as if he was a police officer. He gives us a report of exactly, precisely, and specifically what he experiences, what he sees when he's called up to heaven. Then, after John's report on heaven, we have the visions that he was shown. Those begin with chapter 5. So when it says here in 15, then one of the four living beings handed each of the seven angels a gold bowl filled with the wrath of God. He's referencing 
the four living beings described in his report on heaven in chapter 4. So he tells us in chapter 4 that there are four living beings who are team Jesus, that they worship God. One has a face like a man. One has a face like an ox. One has a face, uh, I'm saying a face. I mean to say one has a face like a human. One has the likeness of a lamb. One has the likeness of an ox. And one has the likeness of an eagle in flight. So if you're like me, you wish there was even more detail. But at least we have that. So um, we're told that there are four living beings who are there in the temple uh, where the throne of God is in heaven. A description of the four living beings is given. I've just shared with you part of the description. The other part of the description in John's report is that each of these four living beings has wings. And curious feature exists for their wings, which is that their wings have many eyes on the inside and on the outside. So in contrast to you and I, we have eyes at the front of our head. So our ability to see directly behind us, so 180 degrees behind us, is zero. But if we had eyes behind our head, then we'd have the ability to see in front of us and behind us and to the left and right using our peripheral vision for our uh, four eyeballs, if that was how it was for us. Now, we're told that these four living beings have many eyes. So it sounds like uh, maybe even more than four. So what does that mean? They can see behind, in front, below, to the left, to the right. They have uh, what it sounds like from his description. They have vision that allows them to see 360 degrees. Okay, take home point. What do we know for sure? John sees these four living beings, and now in the seven plagues prophecy, He's referencing their action. So the four living beings are key players in the activities connected to the pouring out of the seven final plagues. They are key players. He sees them, and then one of them, he doesn't tell us which one. So we don't know if it's the four living being, uh, if it's the one living being that has the face like a human, or if it's the one that has the likeness of an ox, or if it's the one that has the likeness of a lion or the one that has the likeness of an eagle in flight. But one of these four living beings hands to each of the seven angels a gold bowl filled with the wrath of God who lives forever and ever. Then verse 8 says, The temple was filled with smoke from God's glory and power. No one could enter the temple until the seven angels had completed pouring out the seven plagues. That's chapter 15 in its entirety. So in a nutshell, this is the movie trailer for the seven plagues prophecy. And we're told that seven angels hold bowls filled with the wrath of God. These angels were given a bowl. Each angel was given one gold bowl filled with the wrath of God by a living being. The living being is described in Revelation chapter 4, and that living being sets off a chain of events 
that lead to the culmination of God's wrath on this present earth. Also, just to give us context about the time frame, we're told at the beginning of the movie trailer that all of the people who were victorious over the beast, over the Antichrist, and who didn't take the mark of the beast, and who gave testimony for Jesus Christ, and who refused to bow down to the statue, how do we know that this is how they were victorious? Because their story the trajectory of the experience, an explanation of the experience, a report of the experience of these individuals, a specific group of people who were here during the three-and-a-half-year Great Tribulation, not only are they described in Revelation 15, verse 2, how they are victorious over the beast is described in Revelation 20, verse 4. They're also described in the seven seals prophecy in the seven seals prophecy the very first prophecy the very first documentary in the book of revelation those who also were martyred because they gave testimony for jesus christ but martyred prior to the great tribulation so that could be individuals who are martyred today for example in china or in uh, decades or centuries or millennia past. So some of them are in heaven in the seven seals prophecy. At some point they're in heaven and they say, hey, they're talking to Jesus and they say, hey, how much longer before you avenge our death? So they're in heaven having perfect continuity of life. What does that mean? They are disembodied, but their soul, their mind, will, and emotions is completely intact. Their memories are completely intact. Their spirit man is completely intact, and they are awaiting God bringing justice to the earth. And then they're told, you need to wait a little bit longer until... Your brothers and sisters who will also be martyred on account of witnessing for me are also martyred. So what's he talking about in the seven seals prophecy? This same group. So in the book of Revelation, we see in multiple statements of prophecy, multiple documentaries, and there are 12 of them, that this specific subgroup is mentioned. So God is saying after the full number... After the full number of believers who were martyred for witnessing for Jesus Christ, in other words, they experienced the first death because they are believers and they are, let's hear it again in Revelation 20, verse 4, in this last group, the last group of believers who will be martyred before the second coming, what do they do? How will they be victorious? It says we will not worship the beast or his statue, nor accept his mark on our foreheads or on our hands, and we will come to life again, and we will reign with Christ for a thousand years. So this group is referenced at the beginning in the movie trailer for the seven plagues prophecy. So this suggests to me 
that the seven final plagues are poured out after, after the first resurrection. That's what it suggests to me. Now let's go to Revelation 16. Now we get the full report. We get the full report. Here it is. John the Revelator says, Then I heard a mighty voice from the temple say to the seven angels, Go your ways and pour out on the earth the seven bowls containing God's wrath. So now we're about to hear what happens uh, when the wrath of God is poured out by the angels. Now note in chapter 15, verse 8, John the Revelator says, The temple was filled with smoke from God's glory and power. No one could enter the temple until the seven angels had completed pouring out the seven plagues. So we get more commentary in the movie trailer, although we don't get the details, the full movie where the seven plagues are actually poured out. But now, when we go to Revelation 16, even though we're already told no one could enter the temple in heaven until the seven angels had completed pouring out the seven plagues, now we get the the full report. So when I say the full report, John the Revelator saw moving pictures in words. And because he didn't have the technology that we have today, he didn't have the benefit of the use of a cell phone or a video camera or a laptop or tablet, he was limited to the technology that existed at that time, pencil and paper. So he recorded using a writing utensil and parchment or some other appropriate uh, form of paper. He recorded in words what he saw and heard. And now we're getting the full report So the documentary he was shown, the vision he was shown, the moving pictures and words he was shown, we're getting that in words. And here's what he saw. Revelation chapter 16, the full movie, the full documentary of the seven plagues, the seven last plagues, the seven final plagues. Here it is. Then I heard a mighty voice from the temple say to the seven angels, Go your ways and pour out on the earth the seven bowls containing God's wrath. So the first angel left the temple and poured out his bowl on the earth. And horrible malignant sores broke out on everyone who had the mark of the beast and who worshipped his statue. So the first plague, when that bowl is poured out, The wrath of God, which is for all who are team Satan, it says, what happens to those who are team Satan? What's the great tribulation that they will endure after God's people have endured uh, the great tribulation from Satan? Now, Satan's people are going to endure a time of great tribulation as a result of the actions, the will of God. So what do they get? It says, for everyone who had the mark of the beast and who worshipped his statue, so that is everyone who is team Satan, horrible malignant sores 
break out all of these individuals. It doesn't say some of them, a percentage, a portion, those in uh, Moab. It says everyone, so that's 100%, all who have the mark of the beast and who worship his statue get a malignant sore. What's that? That's a cancerous sore. Now, what's the second final plague? And again, the seven plagues are the wrath of God, and the wrath of God is for those who are team Satan. Verse 3 says, continuing, Then the second angel poured out his bowl on the sea, and it became like the blood of a corpse, and everything in the sea died. Then the third angel poured out his bowl on the rivers and springs, and they became blood. So the second and third plagues affect the waters. The second plague affects the sea. The third plague affects uh, fresh waters, the rivers and the springs. And in each instance, the water becomes like blood of a corpse. And verse 5 explains it. Like, why would God do this? Why does, why does he have the waters on the earth become like the blood of a corpse? Well, we have an explanation in verse 5 and 6 of chapter 16. And I heard the angel who had authority over all waters saying, You are just, O holy one, who is and who always was, because you have sent these judgments. Since they shed the blood of your holy people and your prophets, you have given them blood to drink. It is their just reward. So again, we see here that the purpose of these seven final plagues is to give a judgment, a consequence, to unleash the wrath of God on those who are team Satan. How do we know? Here again in verse 6 it says, Since they shed the blood of your holy people and your prophets. So who are God's holy people? Those who are team Jesus. Those who refuse to take the mark of the beast. Those who give testimony of Jesus Christ. Those who are worshiping in Israel's rebuilt temple, the third temple on the Temple Mount during the Great Tribulation. And it says here that they shed the blood of your holy people and your prophets. You have given them blood to drink. So them are those people who have shed the blood of Christians and God's holy people worshiping the one God in the rebuilt temple. And it says it is their just reward. Now, it also says, since they shed the blood of your holy people and your prophets, recall that during the Great Tribulation, the two witnesses, prophets of God, they will be at the appointed time. God will allow them to be assassinated, as described in the Seven Trumpets prophecy. And so they shed the blood of Christians, of God's holy people, uh, Worshiping in the rebuilt temple, the third temple on the Temple Mount. And they shed the blood of the two witnesses, God's prophets. And it says your prophets. This may include other prophets as well. So those 
who have shed the blood of individuals who are in Christ during the Great Tribulation, their punishment, their consequence, their reward for this wrongdoing is that they are given blood. They have shed blood, and now they are given blood. It's like, oh, you need water to drink? Well, you're not going to get water. You're going to get blood because you've taken blood. Now you're getting blood. Verse 7, continuing, and I heard a voice from the altar saying, yes, O Lord God, the Almighty, your judgments are true and just. So someone at the altar in heaven, as these judgments are happening on the earth, judgments against who? It's the wrath of God and those appointed to the wrath of God. During the seven final plagues on the earth are those who are team Satan. Someone in heaven is saying your judgments talking about what has happened with the cancerous sores given to everyone who has the mark of the beast and who worships uh, the statue. The blood that they have been given to drink in the sea and the rivers and the springs. Someone remarks your judgments are true and just. So communicating these three things that have happened and your judgments are true and just. Verse 8 says, Then the fourth angel poured out his bowl on the sun, causing it to scorch everyone with its fire. Now verse 8 was the first verse that I read in the seven plagues prophecy that alerted me to the possibility, the possibility that no believer would be here on the present earth when the seven final plagues are poured out. Let's hear it again. Verse 8 says, Then the fourth angel poured out his bowl on the sun, causing it to scorch everyone with its fire. Now everyone, as was the case with the first final plague, the first last plague, Everyone means everyone. Everyone doesn't mean everyone except those who refuse the mark of the beast. It doesn't say that. It says causing it to scorch everyone. So everyone means 100% of the people on the earth who are subject to experiencing the sun. Now, it doesn't say causing it to scorch everyone with its fire, but those who were believers, and then there's some explanation, it says that, Everyone is scorched. It doesn't say everyone experiences the sun. It says it causes it to scorch everyone with its fire. So that means 100% of individuals on the earth are scorched with the fire of the sun. Somehow the sun becomes so hot that it is literally scorching. So this causes me to believe, again, another scripture in the seven plagues prophecy that causes me to believe that the seven final plagues are poured out after the first resurrection. In any case, what else happens? Let's continue. Verse 9. Everyone was burned by this blast of heat, and they cursed the name of God who had control over all these plagues. So they double down. John doubled, doubles down in the sense that um, further 
a further report communicating the same thing. It says, first it says that it caused everyone to, uh, causing it to scorch everyone with its fire, the bowl when it was poured out on the sun, it says causing it to scorch everyone with its fire. Then we have a double down with everyone was burned by this blast of heat. Now we have a triple down. They curse the name of God. Now, believers don't curse the name of God. We praise the name of God. We praise the name of Jesus. So this can't be believers in the everyone because no believer curses the name of God. We praise the name of God. So it says in verse 9, everyone was burned by this blast of heat, and they cursed the name of God who had control over all these plagues. They did not repent of their sins and turn to God and give him glory. So now we have a quadruple down. Four times in a row, in other words, four explanations of who everyone is and what is happening with these individuals who are everyone. So in the fourth uh, or quadruple down, <laughs> if you will, in the quadruple down of everyone, meaning only individuals who are Team Satan are on the earth at this time, it says they did not repent of their sins and turn to God and give him glory. Repentance is step one in salvation. Every believer repents and has repented of his or her sins. Every believer turns to God and gives him glory. So it's not possible that the everyone includes believers because it says that the everyone curses the name of God. It says that those who are a part of the everyone do not repent of their sins. And it says that those who are a part of the everyone do not turn to God. And those who are a part of the everyone do not give God glory. So none of those behaviors are behaviors of believers. So therefore, when the fourth angel pours out his bowl on the sun, causing it to scorch everyone with its fire, the experience of the wrath of God happens to those who are team Satan, and they are here on the earth, not those who are team Jesus. Let's continue. Now, when we get to the fifth, sixth, and seventh plagues, now we have transitioned from the wrath of God, focusing on those who are team Satan, all of the people on the earth who are team Satan, and now the wrath of God shifts to focusing more narrowly on the beast, specifically the Antichrist and his throne and the armies that are under his leadership. So now we have a shift. Let's hear what happens when the fifth angel pours out his bowl. Verses 10 and 11 say, of chapter 16, we're in the seven plagues prophecy. Verse 10 says, then the fifth angel poured out his bowl on the throne of the beast. What's that? That's the throne of the Antichrist. 
So in Revelation chapter 13, that's the 666 Antichrist prophecy, we're told that there's a ten-nation alliance, which is a beast, also referenced in Daniel chapter 7, and that the Antichrist as the mouthpiece, as the individual who rises to lead that ten-nation alliance, that he, by extension, is a beast and is uh, from that point forward referred to as the beast. And then we're told also in the 666 Antichrist prophecy that there's another beast, and that uh, that second beast, I, it never says that second beast, it says another beast. That other beast, I'll say, is the false prophet. But here, we're talking about the throne of the beast, that's the Antichrist. Says then the fifth angel poured out his bowl on the throne of the Antichrist, and his kingdom was plunged into darkness. So the headquarters of the Antichrist will be more than likely someplace in Europe. I don't know whether it will be in Germany, or uh, whether it will be in London, or whether it will be in. We could go on like that. But wherever the headquarters is of the Antichrist, that's where his throne is. Right? So you might say a throne, that sounds odd. If you watched the coronation of King Charles of England, you saw that at a certain point he sat on a throne. The Antichrist at his headquarters will have a chair, and that chair will be his throne. He will sit on a throne, and where the throne of the beast is, the headquarters for, of the Antichrist, there's going to be a blackout. Now, we need power in modern times. It's a big deal. We need power to uh, power our air conditioning systems, our heating systems, to power computers, to power equipment that we use in hospitals, to power cash registers, to power the stock exchange. The list goes on and on and on. So when there's no power, for all of the offices of the Antichrist, this is God communicating lights out, lights out to you and your kingdom. I am coming for you. I am coming for you. Now, what's the result for those who are Team Satan? So the Antichrist has a crisis. There's a blackout at his headquarters. Now, what does it mean for those who are team Satan? It says, continuing in verse 10, his subjects ground their teeth in anguish and they curse the God of heaven for their pains and sores, but they did not repent of their evil deeds and turn to God. So they continue, even though we're now with the fifth uh, plague happening, those sores never went away and they continued to have pains from the scorching of the sun. And even though, uh, God continues to pour out his wrath, these individuals who have taken the mark of the beast, who are worshiping the statue, it says they did not repent of their evil deeds and turn to God. Now, John says this in past tense, but it's our future. It was his future and it's our future, but he was shown a documentary, moving picture moving pictures and words, he was shown a vision external to himself by an angel. And so when you watch a movie and you've seen something happen, it's already happened, but now we have a report of a documentary in the future. So what's going to happen in the future is they're not going to repent of their evil deeds and turn to God. Let's hear what happens 
with the sixth final plague. Verses 12, 13, 14, 15, and 16 say, Then the sixth angel poured out his bowl on the great Euphrates River, and it dried up so that the kings from the east could march their armies toward the west without hindrance. And I saw three evil spirits that looked like frogs leap from the mouth of the dragon, the beast, and the false prophet. They are demonic spirits who work miracles and go out to all the rulers of the world to gather them for battle against the Lord on that great judgment day of God the Almighty. Look, I will come as unexpectedly as a thief. Blessed are all who are watching for me, who keep their clothing ready so they will not have to walk around naked and ashamed. And the demonic spirits gathered all the rulers and their armies to a place with the Hebrew name Armageddon. So, the sixth and final plague, again, the fifth, sixth, I'm sorry, yes, that's what I meant to say. The fifth, sixth, and seventh plagues focus on God's wrath on the Antichrist and his armies. And the sixth plague happens after a blackout. God causes a blackout to happen when the angel pours out the fifth vial, a blackout at the headquarters of the Antichrist, and now... The Euphrates River is dried up supernaturally so that the armies led by the Antichrist and the kings of the world will use that path to enter into Israel and to arrive specific place, Armageddon. So that's a location, and that location has a name. It's in Israel. It says, place with the Hebrew name Armageddon. So they think that they are traveling and that they are going to take down Israel. And in Zechariah chapters 12, 13, and 14, there's a report. Some people will be taken by the armies of the Antichrist. It actually gives us a percentage. It says the houses will be looted and the women will be raped. It's going to be uh, a horrible time. But Israel will not be defeated. Jesus will return when they're at their lowest point. Now let's continue. Verse 17. Then the seventh angel poured out his bowl into the air, and a mighty shout came from the throne in the temple saying, It is finished. Then the thunder crashed and rolled, and lightning flashed, and a great earthquake struck, the worst since people were placed on the earth. The great city of Babylon split into three sections, and the cities of many nations fell into heaps of rubble. So God remembered all of Babylon's sins, and he made her drink the cup that was filled with the wine of his fierce wrath. And every island disappeared, and all the mountains were leveled. There was a terrible hailstorm, and hailstones weighing as much as 75 pounds fell from the sky onto the people below. They cursed God because of the terrible plague of the hailstorm. Now this is the end of the seven plagues prophecy it culminates with a report of the timing we're entering the timing of the battle of armageddon this is a preview of the purple and scarlet prophecy we get a very short report here of what happens when the city where the harlot church has its headquarters in other words the harlot church that will promote the one world religion 
Its headquarters is in a location, a city known as Babylon. We're going to be talking about that city. I'm going to identify that city using scripture. In August, we'll be talking about the Purple and Scarlet Prophecy. This city does not escape the wrath of God, and it is split into three sections. Also, the cities of many nations fall into heaps of rubble, but specifically the city that houses as its headquarters the Harlot Church, it's noted as splitting into three sections. And about this city, the city where the Harlot Church has its headquarters, it says that God remembered all of her sins. God remembered all of Babylon's sins, and he made her drink the cup that was filled with the wine of his fierce wrath. So, what happens after chapter 16? We have two prophecies, two statements of prophecy, two documentaries, all in this same timing. So the Purple and Scarlet Prophecy, which we'll be talking about in August here on PGM Prophetic Grace Network, that is a very detailed description of what is described here briefly in Revelation 16, verses 18 to 21. Instead of three verses, it's described all of Revelation chapter 17, all of chapter 18, and verses 1 to 5 of 19. So the taking down of the harlot church, that's a part of what happens when the wrath of God is unleashed with these seven final plagues. Also, what happens is the Battle of Armageddon. That's described in Revelation 19, verse 6. So immediately after the report of what happens about how the headquarters of the Harlot Church is taken out, that location, then there's a report of what happens at the Battle of Armageddon and how the Antichrist and the false prophet are thrown into the lake of fire. And the armies, the armies who follow that path of the dried up Euphrates River and they come to the specific location, Armageddon in Israel, it describes how Jesus takes them out with the sword that extends from his mouth. In Revelation 14, Revelation chapter 14, the last verse, tells us that at the Battle of Armageddon, there'll be blood that flows at the end for 180 miles. So I hope that you have enjoyed our time today. For the next uh, five weeks, we will have our Thursday morning program an hour earlier at 8 a.m. Central. That's 9 a.m. Eastern. Thank you for being with me and with us. Please, you are always encouraged to call in or text in any comments or questions you have about the book of Revelation. Our PGN text number is 1214-505-8719. Also, I would love to get to pray with you and for you. You can send in your prayer request via text or you may call during the live Internet broadcast. That's one three one nine five two seven six zero. So I don't see any hands raised at this time. 
If you have a question that you'd like to pose, please make sure to raise your hand. I will not call on you unless your hand is raised. Sometimes people use the PGM phone number to listen to the program. Uh, sometimes people listen for a whole year or uh, several years before they call in. That's absolutely fine. I never take for granted your time. Thank you for choosing to be with me and with us today. I invite you to be with us on Sunday. We'll continue discussion and analysis of the seven plagues prophecy. 12 p.m. Texas time on Sunday. That's 1 p.m. Eastern time. And next Thursday, we'll be back at 8 a.m. Central Time, 9 a.m. Eastern Time. If you haven't done so already, I encourage you, according to Jeremiah 33.3, call out to God. He promises to show you great and mighty secrets that you do not know. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.